I crack myself up. I'm sorry. I'm not that funny. Funny looking. Welcome to Maker's Hustle, a podcast about turning your passion into a profession. This is episode 58 for Monday, September 18th, 2017. I'm Bill Lavolsi, and I'm here with Amy Davis-Roth. Hey, Amy. Hey, everyone. And welcome back to the show, Mr. Jeffrey Moore. Hey, Jeff. Yo, I know you missed it. You missed the go. <laughs> yeah, we did. You we did. We missed you. We did. We are also joined this week by a special guest. She's a ceramic artist whose monster mugs are available on Etsy. Please welcome Chris of Skeletal Dropkick. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hello, hello, hey, hello. Chris. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. So before we get rolling, I do want to take a moment to thank everybody on Patreon for supporting the show and making all of this possible. Thanks, everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And if you would like to support the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash makershustle. So what's everybody working on this week? And Chris, you are the guest of honor, so would you like to go first? Uh, sure. I'm actually preparing for a small craft fair. So I'm just in mass production mode, making a ton of ceramics, getting ready for Halloween. Mm, Halloween. Okay, cool. Many monster mugs. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into more detail as to what Chris makes, but she her specialty is monsters, and it's so cool. They're the best. I have so many of her mugs <laughs> in my house. I love them. Jeff, what have you been up to, man? It's been a while. Oh, yeah. What's up, Jeff? Man, what's not up? What'd you do last week? <laughs> uh, man, Anything listen. life-changing happened to you? Yeah. Man, my whole life is upside down right now. Um, so we closed on our house. Congratulations. My first property on um, September 7th. And the same day, like right after I closed, literally two hours later, I was on a plane to Denver because I was having my wedding. I've already been married, but we, we finally had our wedding. So we had the wedding. And then I flew back to New York on Tuesday morning, got here about 10 o'clock. And as soon as we got here, we came back to the house and had to get to work. So um, the last person who, well, the the house is a multifamily property. And so the unit that we're in right now, the last person who lived in it was evicted. So instead of just coming into a property that was nice and clean and, well, not clean, but, you know, empty, we had to go through and throw out all the last person stuff. And then after that, we started to do some initial work. So right now, the house is vacant. I mean, the apartment is vacant. Vacant. I said vacant. What is vacant? Um, <laughs> we are comfortable right now. We have to. We have small issues. So there's this weird, I don't know what it is, like foam ruggy thing on the floor in the living room. So I'm about to pull that up. Um, I'm going to pull up these ugly vinyl tiles that are in the kitchen in one of the bedrooms in the bathroom. Uh, I got some brand new laminate that I'm about to put down probably starting tonight. We're going to repaint the whole house or the whole apartment. Um, and then I have to do some plumbing right now. The hot water isn't working. Well, the hot water works, but the stem is broken on one of the, on the hot water, uh, knob. So I got to fix that. So I'm going to be busy for the next week. And this is just one unit. We gotta go into the, Just other the next ones. week. So exciting! This is so exciting, though. Are you so excited? Uh, such a great, great. Th I can't even. So smart. You bought a building that you can rent out other spaces. You're gonna make money on it. It's so brilliant. It's like it's. I'm so happy Thank for you. you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am stressed. So great. I am stressed beyond. 
like and then the other thing is the other thing is like in between all that i've been working on the contract for the uh for the nonprofit that i'm working with and tomorrow morning i have a call with them and on the 27th and 28th or 26th or 27th i can't remember i gotta look at my calendar i gotta fly out to chicago uh to do the first site visit so <laughs> we've been getting i've been getting slammed from every direction Jeff, why you got to be such a slacker, man? You never do yeah, anything. I'm trying to tell you. I, I told you. Well, I, the good thing is all that stress that I was under for the last few months is gone now. Right? So before okay. I was stressed, I was like. Welcome to a whole new man. world of stress. It's called home Oh, well, this is a different type of stress. Trust me. I've been at Home Depot three days in a it row. It is. It home, is. Home Depot three days yeah, in a row. Yeah, get used this to it. My new favorite. It was always my yeah. favorite store, but now for a different reason. Um, but it's it's yeah. it's a lot. I have to say, I've never. I don't know if I was prepared for this, but I'm in it, so I ain't got no choice. I gotta just. Um, I don't think anybody ever is, and I say yeah. that from my zero years of experience yeah. owning a home. But <laughs> just, man, congratulations and uh, get ready because it's yeah. gonna get kind of yeah. crazy from here. Yeah. I I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I am really tempted to just be like i'll come stay with you for a week and help you oh work please do feed me please I don't listen bill i'll put yeah, you i'll, I'll pay you for your should. flight i'll pay for your <laughs> flight no i'm serious i paid do um I, for our wedding. I paid my videographer from from new york i put him on a plane paid for him to come out only because it was cheaper to it was cheaper to have him come through than to have somebody in denver do it and then i get a project that i'm not really happy with so i'm at the point where i'm paying for whatever i gotta do because you know, whatever it's the most efficient and effective way, come through. Yeah, I got yeah. lots of work to do. All so right, come we'll, on. we'll work something out. We'll work something yeah, out. Make it fair next week. Come Sounds through. Fun. Amy, how about you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. So what am I up to? Uh, let's see. I, yeah. coincidentally, also just ripped all of the carpet out of my art studio. There was this really nasty, ugly gray carpet that like ran through the back half. The front half of my art studio is all cement floors, but for some reason, the guy that owned the place before me had these really like this hideous gray carpet. So we ripped it all out last night, and it's amazing, and it's all super old, and there's like paint splatters on it already, and that makes me so incredibly happy. So one of the reasons I ripped out the carpet is I'm going to start teaching art classes here, and so I wanted to set it up so that it's totally okay for students to spill paint on the floor. And I wanted more of that mm -hmm. like art studio vibe. I mean, it is an art studio, but I really want to have that sort of feeling like it's okay if you spill water on the floor or you splatter paint on the floor. It just sort of adds to the ambiance. And so I was like really excited that there was already paint splattered, and like you could see someone had spray painted some like a, something square on the floor, so it had those marks. And I just love I yeah. love that look. So it's really great. Yeah. So we did that here. We just finished that last night. And uh, and then I've been doing a whole series of rocket ship paintings because I'm getting ready for Geek Girl Con. So I'm still working on those. And they've been getting better. Surprise, surprise. Apparently, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you improve. And so my paintings are starting. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. So <sighs> yeah. as I'm getting more into the project and the series, the pieces are coming out faster and nicer and more slick. And I'm actually falling in love with a couple of them. And I'm like, I hope nobody buys this one because I want to keep it. <laughs> but I've got about 10 more to do 
before the event and I think it won't be a problem. So I'm doing that and oh, I kind of want to do a theme this year for Geek Girl Con. So I'm going to bring a lot of my feminist stuff and everything that I know the girls there like, but I'm also going to do a whole lot of space stuff. So I'm going to set up my table ahead of time this week and sort of lay it all out and figure out what pieces I need. And I'm working on a bunch of big rocket necklaces and they're going to have like cool chains. And so I'm doing this whole space theme this year. So I'm really excited to sort of make my booth at GeekGirlCon more of an art project in itself. Instead of just having like a mishmash of stuff, I'm going to do a theme and see how that goes over. And it, That's yeah, cool. it's fun for me because it kind of turns it into an art project. It makes it a little less stressful. So I'm working on that. And then when I come back, I'll start working on the neuroscience stuff and then the cell biology stuff. So I'm going to do the same thing at each event. I'm going to do like a theme. So I'm really excited about that. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Very cool. Uh, let's see. As you know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I haven't really been in the shop for like three weeks. You know, it's just it, too hot. Wasn't feeling it. Whatever. I got back down there. I found a, like a scrap of wood and I made a little tiny walnut bowl. I wasn't really going for anything. I was actually I was trying to do like a tips and tricks video for, hey, if you want to use a lathe, here's some stuff I wish I figured out faster. And I made this as part of that video, but then I posted a picture of it and somebody said, hey, I run a barber shop and that would be a perfect like shaving soap bowl. Do you think you could make me some more of them? So I'm, I'm working out the details now, but I think I might actually be producing like a run of these oh, cool. and he would be selling them on consignment in his shop. Nice. And uh, that, that would be cool. Yeah. So that's kind of my uh, exciting news for the week, I guess. That'll be fun. And it's just, it's, it was really good to get back in the shop for a minute. Just even though, you know, it wasn't much, but it, it, I feel much better. Cool. Okay. So we have a guest, and it's one of my most <laughs> favorite people in the whole world. And I absolutely love Chris. And I'm not sure how originally we found each other, I guess, through the internet. But I remember that I met you at the very, very first Maker Fair that I ever did, which was the San Francisco yes. one. And we both signed up to be, like, actual makers instead of being in the craft section, which we are in now all the time. And yeah, and you were so awesome and so cool <laughs> in real life, and I, I fell in love with you, and I've always been in love with your oh, work. Oh, thank you. And so... If I remember right, I think you... I threw poo at you at that Maker Fair, yeah, is that oh right? Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. That's right! Yeah. So, Chris, I don't know if you still do yes, this, poo. but she made crochet poos, little pieces of poo with googly eyes on them, and I might even have one on my desk, I don't oh, know. I love so them. like <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. No, 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 like pieces of poop that were crocheted oh. but they have little googly eyes on them yeah. so they look like i don't know creatures i i can get a photo and we can put it in the show notes because i know i have i i loved him so much that i after she threw poo at me i made her i hired her to make me like i don't know like 20 of them and i started carrying them around with me and giving them to people i'm like would you like a piece of poo? And they're the cutest things ever. <laughs> Little crochet poops with eyes. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's how we became friends. But, Chris, can you tell me how you came up with the name Skeletal Dropkick? It sounds like a mishmash between a punk rock band and a Halloween story. What's um, the deal with I that? was 17 when I came up with that name. It's a name I've been using for my photography okay. and then my art, my ceramics later. Um so it's cool. a very teen angsty sort of name. Yeah, it's, I, Dropkick I is it. from when I used to play soccer. And Skeletal, I guess, okay. is just to be edgy, because I was an edgy teen. <laughs> yeah. 
so how long have you been doing this business then? If you picked up the name well, that long I ago. used it for my I used to paint on leather jackets because it was the eighties and that's what you did. Yes. Yes, I did that. <laughs> and we should do that again. All the eighties. Yeah, back. I actually still really have a couple it. of my jackets that I painted, like three of them, and I need to I need to wear them more. Um, so then I went to photography that was really, again, dark and edgy, dead animals and bones and creepy stuff. And then I kind of got happy. So I tried to do a whole <laughs> new medium because the photography wasn't cutting it anymore. And I went into ceramics. And I also okay. needed to balance out a nursing school um, schedule with something fun. So I took ceramics okay. the same semester as I took my lab courses. And uh, it just, I got to a point where my ceramics teacher told me I needed to buy a kiln. And he's like, you can't use our kiln anymore to sell things. Oh, <laughs> no. So you need to get your own kiln and, and move on. I'm like, okay. Oh, what kind of kiln do you have? I actually have two now. They're both scuts. Okay. Um, first one's a 1018, which is uh, 4.3 cubic feet. And I use that for my glaze firings. And then I got another one that's about 2.8 cubic feet. And I use that for my bisque firings. Nice. Yeah, you fire a lot higher. What What do you... Yeah, I'm, you, I'm cone 10, which yeah. is 2,340. Yeah, I, I'm really low fire. So I do like 06 to 04 is basically what I'm firing at. Because my stuff doesn't need to be as sturdy. So people that yeah. don't understand ceramics, no the higher... Yeah. <laughs> The higher you fire, the stronger it actually ends up being. So you can create things like porcelain and stoneware and things that are a lot, a lot more sturdy. Or and porcelain though isn't really as sturdy, is it? It's it. It's actually the strongest clay. If it, you think about it, your toilet bowl is made of porcelain. Right. Right. You know, it's super strong. It's a very dense clay, and it allows you to throw and build very fine because it is a dense clay. Yeah. That's why it gets the reputation of being fragile because most people build very thin and fine things with it and so they can they're like it's really uh i don't know people really love it i don't know the term really but when you make porcelain plates that you can hold up and they're like translucent that's like yeah. the ultimate goal for some fine art exactly to get it nice and thin yeah, yeah. so let me yeah, ask cool. this not question. me i i throw super thick because i break things yeah i love it <laughs> when you when you fire at different rates obviously it determines the thickness but does it take more time if you do it at a higher degrees it will yeah yeah it totally does um it takes my kiln my little electric kiln about eight hours Ooh. on a fast setting mm -hmm. to get from like where we live 60 degrees up to 2340 and then it takes about 24 hours after that for it to cool, to cool back down, down. To where you can actually open it and touch the pieces. Mm, yeah. Wow. So and firing is like a two-day process. I suddenly know how other people feel when I talk about power tools. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're going to do this for <laughs> a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. my kiln, because I fire much lower and I have a small kiln, because uh, I do small pieces. And so basically I don't really need a lot of space because I don't do a lot of hand building or throwing. I occasionally do, but not that often. So most of my pieces are really thin and I, I do a lot of shelves. So I have a small kiln and I, I do low fire. So for me, I can get my kiln up to temperature in about two hours. But it still wow. takes... Yeah, which is great, right? But it still takes overnight, at least, for it to cool down before you can open it. It still gets that hot. But because it's small and compact, 
I can heat it up pretty quick. So if you know that you're about to make something, you have to basically schedule it into your day. You can't just say, oh, today I want to... I want to fire up the kiln. Like you have to actually. No, it takes it takes like a month to get things from built to fired and done. Really? Because I yeah. don't, I can't just fire one piece in my kiln. I'd feel horrifically guilty. <laughs> yeah. I fill it very Same full because you know it's electricity. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. gonna just. It's got to be right. packed full. It's got to be layered all the way up. Or it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're wasting money. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, those kilns aren't that cheap. I mean, they're pretty efficient. The the electric yeah. ones, and since mine's small, but still, I would feel incredibly guilty if I just fired it like for two things I, so, yeah i could I never hear. i've never done that <laughs> i feel horrible is uh you guys ever watch the videos where like japanese swordsmen make swords is that the same type of thing or is that a different thing like when they're forging metal for yes is no. that like a kiln that's, <laughs> not a, kiln? that's, that's a, a little that's different. a forge, that's a forge. That's yeah. metal. what's the difference between that and not, obviously not an electric kiln but like the other oh type yeah of kiln? I see what you're saying. Yeah, the electric kilns have coils that run around the inside, kind of like a toaster. You know, they have coils on each side, only it's massive. And the coils get to a point of, in my kiln, orange hot, which is, Mm. you know, the visual temperature range. Yeah. Yeah. And it's huge. You know, you could probably fit a small child in it. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I would, but but it's an option. Although after you're you're done, you could probably fit another small child in it. Yeah. There will be no more child. You know, crematoriums only go up to 1,900 degrees. So So technically, yeah. Yeah. There's there's no particular reason I know that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like you tried to do anything. No, um, no. (laughs) I'm surprised I actually know something. There's also, uh, not the traditional stuff, but they make induction forges. I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but you've you might have seen the video where there's a bunch of coils that are just exposed, right? Mm-hmm. And they pass the piece of metal through them, and it gets hot like yeah. right away. Oh, yeah. it's probably yeah, it so, but that only works. But that only works because it's metal. It's, yeah, and it, right. It, it, right. yeah, it'll conduct. Yeah, that makes sense. But that, so, I always thought those things were super yeah, cool. That but that's cool. the most similar thing I can yeah, think of. Yeah, it's sort of like that. <laughs> only it's like a closed environment, and that's what it heats it up. And yeah. you also want it controlled. You don't want it to heat up too fast. Usually, at least not in my case, because oftentimes I'll put stuff in there that's not completely dry. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> my stuff. So, can you burn there. stuff? Oh, yeah. I melted oh, down my kiln. Oh, things vaporize. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, really? Were yeah. we oh, friends that's when cool. I melted down my kiln? Were we doing the podcast? No. There, well, I know Chris, you and I are friends, but I don't think I told you about this. But I, you know, I have one of those kilns that, you know, you put the cone in, and when it drops down, it, that's when it turns itself off. And it has a safety turn off, too. But what happened was I had one of my shelves got jammed up against the the pin and so it never dropped until the timer ran out and so it kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter and I had low fire clay and so I it was incredibly awesome like I melted (laughs) I burned out the the engine I had to like rebuild my own kiln but I melted everything and it looked like the surface of the moon like everything (laughs) like liquefied (laughs) and melted and fused to all of the kiln shelves and I still have them in the studio because it looks so cool and I was like wow this is really safe it got so hot that it vaporized all my stuff but i didn't burn down the art studio so this is great well that's a good that's always a positive i hope, look on the bright side I hope you yeah. got natural disaster insurance for that one yeah 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 we got we did but it, i mean it was fine it was really safe. it's not really a yeah, natural disaster it's an amy disaster but supernatural <laughs> disaster yeah but i mean they're really pretty safe uh kilns to have yeah mm. yeah so, they are I've, I've fired mine like well over 500 times and oh yeah i've never had any 
safety issue. I did burn myself on it, but that's my fault. Yeah, yeah, I've done that too. Or I get like impatient and I want to get something out and it's like too soon. I was dumb and wore shorts around it and like backed into the outside and big old burn on the back of my leg. Yeah, lesson learned. Don't wear shorts around the kiln. Yeah, they do have, it's metal on the outside, so it'll burn. It gets hot. Yeah, you don't want to get like too close to it. Hot enough to hear that sizzle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, why monsters? Why do you make monsters? And tell I, us first, I think, so everyone understands what, I, what I'm talking about. Like, you make mugs, and you make, like, little, like, teeth sets, and you make little, mm-hmm. like, little monster guys. Could you explain your work a little bit, and then tell us why you chose monsters as your theme? Well, I think that comes of having come out of, like, this weird teen angsty goth punk thing when I was a teenager and in my early 20s and then like I said I kind of got happy in my 20s and wasn't quite so irritable and dramatic and so (laughs) (laughs) you didn't know me then (laughs) I was very irritable and dramatic but I know your daughter and I like to compare oh yeah she's awesome she's awesome um so I uh ended up taking some of the the monster gothy thing and just trying to make it a little cuter and a little happier and then I try to make cute and happy things a little creepier. So, like, mm-hmm. I have my death pandas that have the corpse paint coming down the face and fangs and red eyes. and So I just try to find a balance between cute and creepy. Mm. That's very, very difficult to do. Oh, uh, you, should, you should see it. It's, <laughs> it's super fun. It's, it's so great. Her stuff is amazing. And some of it's just, like, straight up cute. Like, she makes these bird and raven and crow mugs and stuff that I am crazy in love with. Like, they are so amazing. That's what I got at the last event we did together. Yeah, the little black raven. bird. Yeah, yeah. He's cute. So great. So I'm so interested in, in your process. So I love the process. I'm always asking process, yeah. process <laughs> that was questions. my next question. So yeah. what is your creative process? And walk us through more like a timeline. Because I remember you mentioned that you take about a month. literally my next question. Well, see, Amy, that's because <laughs> we've been doing this so long together. I can read your mind. <laughs> but you said that it takes you like a month of planning before you actually go into the kiln. And that- well, it's, it's more like a month of doing. Like oh, I will... I, if I have a design in mind, like sometimes I'll have a customer who says, can you make me a creature from the Black Lagoon mug? So I'll get a design in my head. Sometimes I draw it out. Most of the time I don't. I just work with the clay. It takes about it takes me about five minutes to throw a mug. Tops, more like two or three to throw what the shape. Throw? Oh, on a wheel. Pottery wheel. Oh, so that's the first step. Okay. Right, right. So, ooh, I always wanted to do a pottery class. It's fun. <laughs> you should. Community colleges class. are excellent for it because you get a full really? semester of kiln and, and studio use for yeah. like 100 bucks. Or come ooh. over here. Yeah, or go out. see Amy. <laughs> okay, I'll, all right. I'll I'm fly sorry. you out. Put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I could use a studio assistant right yeah. now easily. Yeah. Since you're, you have no free, you know, you have so much free time, you may as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. He's Absolutely, right. <laughs> He's got Absolutely. nothing going on right now. Yeah. Okay, so I, I take the clay, I throw it on the pottery wheel, and I make the shape of the mug, and then I set it aside to dry for a day. And then I bring it back and I trim it on the wheel. Because, you know, when you throw it on the wheel, when you take it off the wheel, the bottom of it is all scummy and rough. So I turn it upside down on the wheel after it's a little bit dried. I trim a foot on the uh, mug, which is the base. And then I let it dry a little bit longer. And then, you know, maybe another day. And then I start building 
the mug. So that takes anywhere, depending on the mug, anywhere from like 10 to 50 minutes, you know, some mugs take a lot longer. Um, and by building, she means like adding on the handle and the fangs and the teeth yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I start out with basically a cylinder, you know, it's just plain, yeah. boring shape. And then I will move, uh, indent it so that I can put in eyes or teeth or on zombies. I put little bite marks on them. Um, it's something you'll probably have to actually look at to fully understand. No, I can kind of imagine. I have a okay, question. Good. How many do you do a day? Like if you, let's say you have like something uh, coming up, an event coming up and you know that you have to get some stuff pumped out. Well, How see, I also work full time uh, night nurse, shift right? as a nurse. Yeah. So Ooh, the night shift? I probably, oh, it's harsh oh, <laughs> on my body. It's, it's hard to be up all night. Um, so I probably work about an average of 15 hours a week. Okay. But there's, you know, once once I build it, then I have to let it dry for two weeks. Two weeks to let it dry? Two mm-hmm. weeks to let it dry, because if you put it in wet, as Amy knows, they blow up. Because blow the up. air, because it's so hot, the water's expanding inside the clay. Mm. So as the water expands, yeah, yeah it just... Explode. It literally explodes, yeah. and it will trash your kiln. I have no experience with ceramics, but I know that that is a huge deal for people who do metal mm. casting. Yes, exactly. They, um, there will be actual explosions, and it won't be contained if you put wet metal into a hot uh, crucible. So what they tell them is, in, assume unless it's hot, it's wet. Yeah. Like if it's if it's cool enough to pick up, assume mm-hmm. it's wet. Yeah. So they, they actually preheat everything before they put it in. But yes, yeah, that explosions, makes sense. bad. Bad, Please, very continue. bad. Um. So I let it dry for two weeks, and then I do what's called a bisque fire, which is the initial firing. And what that does is it, I fire to cone 07, which is just a little cooler than what Amy fires to for her final firing. So I fire to cone 07, and that gets rid of all the moisture, and it makes the, the clay um, firmer. Like, it's not going to shatter. Like, you know, if you, have, if you have dry clay that hasn't been fired, it'll just break. So the bisque firing makes it to where you can handle it. And it also makes it so that it's not as absorbent as um, what's called greenware, which is unfired clay. That way I can take it and I can dip it in my glazes and it'll soak up just enough of the glaze to adhere the glaze to the body, but not completely destroy the piece. Okay. Is it... Is the glaze the paint? The glaze isn't the paint, yeah. right? The glaze, the glaze is the is coloring, the, the shiny color that goes on it. Yeah. So is that, because I was always curious, you know, when you go somewhere and you buy like a colored mug, like <laughs> let's say it's, I don't know, a Spider-Man mug. I was always wondering, I always wondered, is it safe to drink from a Spider-Man mug? Obviously plastic is no good either, but. I think American guidelines, like like in America, we have pretty good, you know, um, regulations to make sure that they are toxic free and safe to use food in i personally make all of my own glazes so i know that there's nothing creepy in them and i mean i i do have glazes with cobalt in them but my firing process seals all of that in so it doesn't get into the food it does not leach into the food so you might like if you bought a really cheap Spider-Man mug at a dollar store. <laughs> I might that's get like, food for it. I might yeah. get food. <laughs> Who knows? It could, could have cadmium yeah. or some horrible, you know, there's barium in some glazes. You, you 
don't know what you're getting. So let me ask this question because I'm, I'm learning a lot about this. And it's funny because I've never asked. I always just assumed that I knew what Amy was talking about. And so I didn't ask. I didn't ask this question. So it takes two weeks for it to dry. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, that's when you do the glaze, which is the coloring. And then you go ahead. And after that, I'm assuming that it's another fire. To Correct. Like that's the glaze fire. Okay. Yes. How sturdy? Because I want to know if I'm getting good mugs or if I'm not getting good mugs. <laughs> How sturdy should this be? Like if the hand, you know, when you buy like one of those cheap mugs, the the handle yeah. breaks off and then you're left with like the mug and no handle, but it yeah. cuts you on the side, but you don't throw it away because you feel like you can still use it because it's not a hole in the actual mug itself. No. Yeah, so, and you put pens and pencils in it. Yeah, yeah, you start doing stuff with it. Yeah. How, what is the difference between that type of mug and the type of mugs that you make? Okay. Um, that comes down to how the clay body is formulated and the firing temperature it's fired to. Amy's clay, because she's using it for jewelry, it doesn't have to withstand a drop to the floor because you're going to be wearing it and taking it off and being gentle with it. My mugs, you know, you're going to be putting them in the dishwasher, hitting them against other glasses, dropping them in the sink. So I fire to a much higher temperature. What happens at my temperature, what's called high fire, which is cone 8 to cone 10, sometimes 11, depending on how crazy you are. Um, and this is the second firing. Yeah, the, the, the final, final, correct. The, final the glaze firing. So what happens at that is it literally is orange hot. At those temperatures, the clay, which is made of ground stone, basically, that's mined from the earth, it melts. And what that does is it solidifies, makes it more dense, and it's a process called vitrification, which means it's literally turning it into stone, which is why they call it stoneware. So you have... Oh, so that's the difference. So instead of it being like... Yeah, there's earthware, there's a bunch of different... Um, names for each temperature okay so the clay itself is the same the thing that determines the type of wear is the length and the temperature the length of no. the fire no oh, okay. because the clay <laughs> if like if it, like like amy was saying when she overfired her kiln if she put her clay in my kiln and i fired it to cone 10 it would it melt it would be a puddle of goo on the bottom of the kiln yeah it would be gone and if I so fired mine, on the t- yeah, the type of clay has different materials in it that can withstand different temperatures, and it, at a different temperature, it sort of crystallizes and and forms these bonds. But at different temperatures, and some of those bonds are stronger than other bonds, depending on the materials and the heat. So this sounds like a so lot of chemical why, engineering here. So it is a yeah. lot of have, chemistry. Do you have a? Yeah. So I'm guessing if you're a, somebody who wants to get into making monster mugs i'm i'm assuming <laughs> youtube videos are only going to get you so far you know i think you got to break a lot you, of stuff down you got to melt a lot of yeah things. and honestly with with throwing things you're gonna screw up and it's going yeah. to be frustrating and you will spend over a hundred mugs worth <laughs> trying to do it to where you're comfortable seriously you will you'll yeah. you'll mess up and you'll yeah. want to quit and it'll be horrible but yeah. once you get that down I think YouTube videos would be fine. Mm. You know, I think you could learn a lot from watching other people throw. But I think you need the basics. And like I said, community colleges are 
amazing for this because they they're they're inexpensive you you know if you don't care about your grades you don't have to go every week and yeah <laughs> well i kind of cared about my, my grades and school. i didn't go either so <laughs> I, I don't know so that brings me to another question that i had chris i've noticed that recently you've been doing some live streaming on instagram and i was wondering how's that working out for you and, and what made you decide to do that and what processes are you showing in those instagram videos um, usually it's just hand building because the wheel is too loud when I'm throwing it makes too much noise I can't you know talk to people it'll get drowned out but it's almost all hand building and honestly it's just because I'm kind of lonely when I'm, <laughs> when I'm making my clay so I just want to have somebody to talk to and I get my customers are awesome they're like the coolest people in the world and they'll give me ideas of what you know I'll yes. be like so what should I build and they're like build a death chicken I'm like that's great so Yay. yeah so it's um it's a lot of fun to have the interaction with people have you seen like an increase in your following an increase in sales because of the live stream I definitely get a lot of sales on um Instagram in general and um because of the live stream meh Probably not a lot. It's more for my entertainment than <laughs> anything else. Well, that's the most important thing. It is. I, I thoroughly entertain myself with this process. It's super fun. That's good. That's good. Go Do on. you get sales on Instagram just by posting images with links to your shop? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that? And sometimes yeah. I'll post something and somebody will say, oh, do you have, you know, can you make this mug instead? And yeah, so I'll get yeah. custom orders too. Mm. Cool. So is there like a number that people have to be at for them to for you to accept the custom order? Because I would imagine if it takes two weeks to dry, a couple hours to make and, you know, you got to keep firing and then it cools down. you got to have it has to be worth it for you to even accept that. You know, her prices are extremely I'm really. Reasonable. Yeah, my prices are super cheap for the process that I do because I want people to buy them and use them. I don't want them to sit on shelves. Um, and I honestly, if somebody has an idea, I am so happy to make it. It a lot of times it pushes my boundaries and makes me do something a little different, yes. which is amazing. And then I grow as an artist. And I have had one person back out of a sale, and I've made over eight thousand mugs. You've made eight thousand mugs. Yeah, that was one of my <laughs> questions. Eight thousand. I mugs. wanted to ask you eight thousand mugs. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot and of she cool numbers ones. the bottom of each one, so I can go back and look and be like, "Well, I was I knew her back in the three thousands. <laughs> yeah, and I actually I just exactly, I and I do. I have customers who are like, okay. "I I just found your shop and I bought your mug like eight years ago," and I'm like, "What number is it?" They're like, "It's four hundred and twenty." Oh, you're so cool. Like, do you? Yeah, it's really that cool. is a really good yeah. number. I want that mug. I, I will no buy that mug. If you have mug four twenty, do you keep track of what the <laughs> mug was? <laughs> I do. Number. I have a written record. I don't know why, because it doesn't do that's me cool, good. That's cool, though. That's actually... But that's... No, that's cool. They're going to be worth billions. I did billions just number my 8,000th mug, and every 1,000th mug I give away. So my 8,000th mug, as soon as it's out of the kiln, I'll be doing a little contest on Instagram to give that away. <gasps> Sign me yeah. up. I think Sign it's a biteling. I think it was um, <laughs> the one with all the little teeth. Oh, yeah, I porcelain. love it. Oh, I love, I love that's gonna be so like a, so uh, fantastic. When I was a kid, they had the uh, time chamber. What was it? Not a time. It was like the thing in school that time you did. Time capsule. Time capsule, right? And then you stick it somewhere. I don't know where they ever stuck it. I doubt they stuck it anywhere. But then <laughs> you, you open it up and you're supposed to open it up in a couple of years and look back. 
and because you're stamping your mugs and you're keeping a record like you have a great opportunity to look back in like five years ten years and say oh this was a mug for such and such and this took x amount of hours and i remember this vividly that's kind of yeah cool. that's kind of yeah. cool. i like and that. i can also look back at my old mugs and go dang i really sucked and, yes <laughs> and i'm so much better at yes! this now <laughs> i do that i do that if you were to make an older design, like remake a design that you made, let's say if you were to remake mug number 500, would you do you think that there would be a significant difference in the way that it looks? Or do you think that the quality of it would be better or maybe both? The quality, like my my wall thickness would be much more even. Mm. My trimming would probably be better. I, I actually had somebody recently um, ask me to remake a piece that I had made for them about eight years ago because she had broken it. And I haven't made that style. It was a little sugar pot and I hadn't made that style in eight years. And so I remade it and I, I made it almost exactly like she had wanted it, but I did add some more touches because now my designs are a little more complicated because I'm better at it. So I kind of upgraded it a little. Mm. So yeah, I, I can, I can redo it and they're, they're definitely better now than they were. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Cool. Okay, so you have a uh, a full time job, yes? Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered doing this full time? Has that ever been something that you thought about, or would you prefer to keep I, it a part time thing? It's. I've thought about it, but I really love being a nurse, and I don't think I could give that up. If I was Aww. still like working at a motorcycle shop, yeah, I would give that up in a second to do ceramics. Wait, you used to work in a motorcycle shop. Several, yeah. Ooh. Years ago, like twenty years ago, you know, like no, that's cool. I told you guys, Chris hell. was cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. This is like so, a yeah. weird career path show. I love it. <laughs> no, it is really bizarre. Yeah, I went from it's not about where record you start, stores where you to yeah. motorcycles to school to ceramics to nursing, and yeah, it's all over the place. Okay, so you love your job, and so you want to keep doing your job because you get enjoyment from it. I know it seems implausible, but if a day came and you're like, you know what? I hate my job and I hate this entire field and I don't want to do it anymore. Have you given any consideration to what it would take to do that full time? Is there like a threshold? There's, there's two aspects to that. One is it's a niche. What I make is a total niche product. Not mm -hmm. everybody likes my stuff. In fact, a lot of people come and like back away with a look of horror on their face. So not everybody's going to buy my things. It's a very limited market. And the other Those people are wrong. I know, they're Chris. they're weird. It's true. They are weird. The other thing is that when I have to prepare for a show like this and, and I get like in full production mode, it starts to lose its fun. You know, because mm. I'm making the same mug. I'm making over seven of the same mug. And that just yeah. gets a little boring. And so I, I don't that. know that I'd want to Yeah, like you Amy Amy totally does production ceramics. And yeah. you come up with new designs to keep your mind happy, but it does yeah. get old to do the same thing over and over again. It becomes yeah. a craft instead of an art, and then it's just yeah. not as interesting. It's not as fun. Uh, so I don't know if I'd do it full-time. If I had to, I totally would, but it would be a lot of work. It would feel like a job. Yeah. Yes. And you would need okay. a bigger hey. kiln. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. need to get two more kilns, and yeah, it would be And you have hard. to hire somebody. You guys, I just hired somebody. Ooh, Did you? For the first time in 10 years, I finally broke down, and I've hired a part-time employee to work for me. She starts in a week. I can't, I can't, like Chris is saying, it, 
you know, it's gotten to the point where I cannot do the things like I have to scan every piece of jewelry before I can post it on Etsy. There's all these little technicalities that I have to do that take up so much time that I can't do the things. I can't continue to be an artist and, and get Surly Ramix work done. And I took the summer off the Surly Ramix, actually, and I just let it sort of float. And now I'm going to get back into it and relaunch it. But I, I did a lot of thinking and I am not capable of doing it alone. So I, I have hired my first employee. I'm really excited and nervous about it because I, I'm going to train somebody basically to post for me on Etsy and take care of my shop while I go off and create new designs and do paintings and so I can expand as an artist. But you yeah, know, that's I feel awesome. Like that's kind of big news. news. And <laughs> it makes me think that we should have a section of the show where we talk about big news that happened that week. Yeah. That is so awesome, Amy. The fact that she waited to the end. Uh, Like, you could have led with that. I just realized I I couldn't do it. I can't get the work done. There's just too high of a workload for me to do everything and still consider myself to Mm. be an artist. Because I want to do new things. I want to keep creating. I want to come up with new ideas. I want to do... Um, slump molded plates, Chris. You That's know what fun. I'm yeah, about? I can. I yeah. I actually have an instructable app on how to make a slump mold. Oh, if you wanted send me it. a link. It's skeletal yeah, dropkick yeah, on in, instructables, oh. and you can. Okay. Yeah. And how to yeah, make a slab roller do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I have a slab roller, slump but molds, I want to do rollers. like slump, slump rolls. <laughs> Technical uh, terms. And I wanted and I wanted to paint my rocket ships and do like actual paintings on those yes. like slump mold plates and stuff. So I, I and I can't do that because it's as Chris has explained how long it takes to do a piece of fine art that's ceramic like that. It takes so long and the profit margin isn't great enough. Yeah. So yeah, I had to, I it was either it was either I only do surly ceramics and I stop painting and doing all this art stuff that I love, or I figure out a solution. And I tried to con my husband into working for me, <laughs> <laughs> but he wouldn't go for it. So I, my friend's daughter, who's really fantastic, is going to start oh, working Oh, that is me, so cool. So. Oh, that's cute. We'll see how it goes. So oh. I might be expanding. And I'm starting like another project where I'm going to be teaching art in my art studio. So I'm excited about that, too. So there's a lot going on, and uh, a lot of stuff that we can't talk about that me and me and Bill will talk about, like probably at the beginning of the year. Other things. So I'm actually yep. trying to be super entrepreneurial. Great, if that's a word, and have well, if multiple. If it's not, we're gonna make it a word. <laughs> have multiple things going on. I think I, I think the rule is with words: if everybody understands what you mean, it, it counts. <laughs> yep. it counts. Yeah, it counts. Yeah, my ass is broke, so I got to figure a bunch of things to do to to get back in the thing. I have one last question for Chris, and then I'll let you guys if you have any anything else to ask. I just wanted to know if uh, if you had any advice for anybody that was starting an Etsy shop or getting started selling stuff. Like, you know, was there something that you sort of screwed up, maybe, you know, that you wish you would have done differently, or if you could start no, over, I did. Would you? Still I did everything perfectly from the beginning. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mess up at all. It was perfect. Yeah, um, <laughs> I actually okay. got really lucky with Etsy because yeah. I got featured Sick. on their front page. They yeah. used to do a front page feature like ten years ago, yeah. and I got featured on their front page, and it got me. It generated three thousand dollars in sales in three days. Wow. Yes, I got so I was one able of those to buy my day job. Do you remember that quit your day job thing they used to do? No, I, I got featured on that. That's so, awesome. That, yeah, yeah, same it, thing happened to me. Yeah, so I got days. lucky. I didn't, you know, I instantly got like. 3,000 followers on Etsy and and it wasn't hard for me but Etsy's a really hard thing to break into if you don't do something that's unique 
you're not you're not going to get found if you do jewelry forget it you know yeah, there's like so no there's hard. no way someone's going to find you mm. so it it takes social media kind of sucks because it just takes so much time i agree so much time yeah mm-hmm. posting every day following uh, up it's like you have to hire an assistant i'm telling there you, you go yes or you have to it. really really love it i mean yeah, yeah. you I remember yeah. jeff amy we've talked about this before just yeah. you have to if you don't love marketing which is yeah. a weird thing to say coming out of my mouth. I love marketing, but if you don't... I, I do love marketing, <laughs> but I can't keep up. Yeah. yeah, but if you don't love it and if you don't... Yeah, it gets to a point where you can't find the time for it anymore. But if you yeah. don't love that aspect, you're going to hate this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, or that's a lot hate of... that part of it. It is. That's Well, that's a lot of getting yourself out there. I mean, the internet's fantastic because now I have customers like in Germany and Australia and Japan and that they never would have found me before. But at the same time it's so big that you get lost really easily and it's hard to stand out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of putting in all that work. In that well, part. <laughs> Real quick. Um, if you were starting over today, would you still go with Etsy or would you try to find something else? I would probably try to find something else only okay. because of what Etsy has Is become. Is there anything else? Yeah. Well, there's Same. Shopify and you know, there's a couple of ways I could make my own website into a selling mm-hmm. platform. But at this yeah. point, it's My Etsy us. sales are like, you know, yeah. 50% of them come from Etsy. Mm. And, so, and, and customers that know us from Etsy. Yeah. I so think I'm we're kind sort of, of in the stuck. same boat. Do you that. offer? Yeah. yeah. I can't. There's no way I could close my shop. It would be yeah. so dumb if I yeah. were to do that. Yeah. Uh, what's my question? Do you have stuff also on like Amazon and eBay and stuff? Or is it primarily only on Etsy? No, online, it's really on Etsy. And then anyone who wants a custom order can email me. Because I just, if I were doing this full time, I would set up my website as a sales site as well. But Mm -hmm. because I honestly, I don't have the time to even keep up with doing four shows a year, which is next to nothing. So I don't put a lot of effort into advertising because I'm at a point where I don't do more. Exactly. I don't, I don't need the extra business right now. I I'm at a point where I just, I'm stable and I don't want to add a customer base. That's any bigger. So definitely small, small production. Actually, uh, it's counterintuitive to the way that I think, because I'm always thinking like, yo, how can I get bigger? How can I get bigger? And I, you know, (laughs) that's how you end up in the situation (laughs) that I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're losing your mind but hey it is what it is it is what it is yeah yeah and if i didn't love yeah. nursing so much i totally would put more time into ceramics do you it's give fun. and this is just a random question i guess we could close out on this do you give out do you give your colleagues at the nursing job mugs for christmas gifts and stuff like that <laughs> i've i've made a couple of mugs specifically for them because they aren't the monstery sort they're uh. not they're not my niche market, but I've I've gone outside of my my niche to make a mug for a, a coworker that was because I work in postpartum, mm. so it had to deal with babies and I don't know how baby knowledgeable you are, but the first baby stools are meconium. It's called meconium, mm. and so she wanted a mug with a little baby face that said "Mech happens." Mm. <laughs> total nursing joke um so i made her oh, that and i do i think it's so bad yeah it, it was really cute though it turned out really cute and she loved it i put her name on the back with a little stethoscope and it was adorable um 
but yeah, I've made little creatures. I make these little monsters, like desk pets that can you can carry around Ooh. with you. And I've made those for yeah. friends and coworkers. They get those. Yeah. I have little ghosties, and I have a little angry panda. The angry panda. What is. about keychains? <laughs> Do you make like? Have you ever you know, made like a keychain? I have little pendants that I make that work as keychains, but mm. you know they, they'll break at some point. But they're only a dollar, yeah. so it doesn't matter if they break. You can mm. get another one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I am starting to make right. some beads. Um, I just made a bunch of handmade porcelain beads and I'll be having those cool. for sale and ornaments um, for winter time and I don't know I guess people have Halloween trees now maybe for that I don't know <laughs> what that's about people have Halloween I'm, trees? yeah I've had customers ask I me to make so Halloween ornaments I'm like, I feel like some googling is going to happen yeah, so yeah, Halloween yeah. Trees. it's a thing I'm in. count me in <laughs> okay let's do some recommendations oh yes? yeah, yeah, oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do you want me to go? Do you want me to go? If, are you prepared? For <laughs> I, I am. Go. I am prepared. So I got the most amazing book by accident. So I was, <laughs> okay. re- yeah, I was reading Brain Pickings. I don't know if anyone's heard of this. It's sort of this like, I, I don't even know. It's got something to do with the New York Times or something to do with something because I my mother sent it to me and I now get these emails and it's like really fascinating, like theoretical studies on different things and philosophy and art. And I started reading about art being used as therapy and I'm really interested in that topic because like I said I want to start teaching art and I'm, I'm really interested in sort of the aspect of it being as like a relaxation technique for people that aren't necessarily artists and and so I wanted to get an art you know therapy book and I had read a snippet in brain pickings about that exact book and I was like cool I'm gonna buy it so I went to Amazon and I clicked on the wrong thing <laughs> and okay. I ended up getting a book that's called Art is Therapy. And it's not even about therapy. It is this really cool book that is part of an art exhibit that happened at the Rux Museum, which I believe is in Denmark. And at this exhibit, they had someone, like another artist, go around with yellow post-it notes and they stuck it next to the paintings. And the whole idea was to give people a different way of viewing art in a museum because People often look at art in a very sterile way because museums have become quite sterile. So what this person did was they gave you another way of looking at pieces of art and compared it with the evils, if you will, that are within all of us. So all of our negative traits and how we can sort of improve them by looking at art. And the book itself is printed like a giant post-it note. And it has all these pages and it has a picture. It's hard to see, but there'll be a picture of the painting. And then it will have this explanation that's like totally outside the realm of how you would normally look at that particular piece of art. And I find it so incredibly fascinating and easy to sort of absorb because I'm notorious for reading half a book and then wandering off to go paint because I cannot keep my attention span to read the whole thing. And so this has like, it has a painting and then it has this really cool different way of viewing that painting. And you can go, you know, page by page and I don't know, man, it has inspired the hell out of me. So I I recommend buying books by accident on Amazon whenever possible. And we'll link to this one, but it was a really cool, it was a really cool exhibit that happened. And it's so fascinating. So there's that. And then one other thing, Broad City's back on, y'all. So anyone that's into cannabis culture and humor and, and 
comedy, my favorite girls, my favorite pot-smoking girls are back on the air, and that season just started. And I haven't watched even the first episode yet, so I can't tell you if it's good or not, but it probably is really funny. So check out that. I guess I'll, I'll go next. Why not? My friend Rory, who goes by Dirty Smith online, he just published a video where he made a shoe stand, and that sounds boring, but Rory is a blacksmith, okay? <laughs> so he made the entire thing out of raw steel, like start to finish using traditional blacksmithing techniques, and then the the shelves are wooden, but then he had the... It was a sponsored project for a shoe company, and so he had their logo cut out, and he put it on the board and like burned their logo into the wood. Cool. And he puts the whole thing together, and it's just... I don't know what it is, it's just the little details of it really... There's this thing that happens sometimes when I'm watching somebody build something where I think they're done, and then they go, like, two steps past that. And this was one of those, and it was really good. So uh, Dirty Smith, go check it out. He's on YouTube, and he did a really phenomenal job. All right. Cool. So I'll, I'll go. I'm trying to find okay. it, but I can't find it. Uh, so the last couple, I guess the last two weeks, um, I've had a lot going on, like I said, and, you know, I just was looking for something to kind of calm me mm -hmm. down and help me relax. <clears throat> and so I, I ran into this YouTube channel called Reptiles Uncaged. Now, what this is, and I believe that's it. I just want to find it and make sure so I don't mess this up. But what the YouTube channel is, is basically a dude turned one of his bedrooms into a terrarium slash aquarium because I and I believe he it's an aquarium because he has fish but he turned his entire bedroom into like a terrarium and he has green anoles running around he has a couple of uh skinks running around is it skink or stink skinks Skink. he has a turtle in there uh he got a couple of geckos in there and they're all just living cohabitating in this in this thing and basically they all have names he has, um, he, he does like the mealworm thing. And I don't know how this guy feels comfortable doing this, but one episode he dropped a thousand crates into the terrarium. But like I said, it's in his, it's in his house, like in a bedroom. So I don't know how he feels comfortable doing this, thinking, not thinking that crickets are going to run around. But he follows around like different animals and it's like a reality show. So he'll zoom into one and he'll, you'll see him talk about one of them and, You'll see them mating. You'll see them fighting each other. He talks about which one's the dominant and all that stuff. And it's, it's, I found myself watching all of the episodes just to relax, like getting to watch <laughs> these, these green anoles and all these different Frank types the of. Frank the gecko. <laughs> yeah. I forgot their names, but they're all, they all have different. And I don't even know how he tells them apart, but I guess they're his geckos. So it's probably easy for him to do. <laughs> but, and he has like, um, like an alligator lizard, like all these different type of lizards. And you see which ones are running the terrarium. And that's because those are the ones that are up higher on the more uh, platform plant, uh, the platforms and stuff like that. And then they have some that stay on the ground and then they chase the crickets and they be feeding the mealworms. And it's just craziness because it's in this living room, like I said. But it's a good channel. So it's a nature documentary in yeah. the house. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's definitely right. cool. I've never that's seen cool. anything I'm like sold. that. That's cool. I'm sold. So I check check it out. It's called Reptiles Uncaged. I'm like 100% sure at this point. Just can't find it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Chris, do you want to recommend okay. anything? Um. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of time to consume media because, you know, 
Yeah. I don't have any time. I do listen to a lot of podcasts because I am throwing clay or I'm driving to work and, and, and I, that's like the only time I get to view what goes on in the outside world. Um, there's two podcasts that I've been listening to that I absolutely adore. Uh, one is Reveal, which is a journalism podcast that is fantastic, objective journalism about really important things like the prison system, mm. uh, immigration, everything. I mean, I thoroughly recommend it. Reveal is the name of it. And um, it's it's so good. It's just a I'm great... i check it out. Yeah, that's fan- it's a fantastic journalism podcast. And the other podcast I just started listening to that I'm really enjoying is Politically Reactive with Kamel Bell. Mm. And it's basically two comedians that interview people about politics. And it's really one of the only ways that I can make myself feel a little bit better about the crap that's going on in our political world is to listen to people who call it for what it is (laughs) and have similar views to me. So it's... And they're funny, so that helps too. But yeah, Politically Reactive and Reveal are the two podcasts that I've been listening to a lot. All right. Awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm going to check those out. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, Yeah. I think you'd like them. So before we wrap the show up, Chris, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work? Um, I have my stuff for sale at Etsy.com, Skeletal Dropkick. And then I have most of my designs and some other things you can look at but I don't have them for sale there but I can be contacted to see if I have them in stock at skeletaldropkick.com and then I also have an Instagram where I show all of my latest designs so if you want to like keep up with what I'm doing currently because my website I only update it every probably five months um Instagram skeletal dropkick basically if you look up skeletal dropkick it's gonna be me. <laughs> it's I'm I'm all over the web with that name, and I don't think anybody else has tried to take it yet. Well, that's oh. uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty unique name. It's not yeah. an accidental thing that people come up with. So very cool. Thank you so much for coming on again. It's been a lot of fun having you. Oh, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you guys. This was fun. Oh no, I, I oh no just... what. I do. It's not reptiles uncaged. No, it is reptiles uncaged, <laughs> but it says this channel is no longer available. Unsubscribe if you'd like to remove it. I was oh, just huh? watching this like yesterday. Oh, that's oh, so no. sad. Oh, no. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Okay. Don't oh. know why that happened. Forget I said anything. We'll find that's some. a good story, then. <laughs> We're leaving it in. That was funny. All right. Oh. <laughs> All the reptiles ate each other. The show is over. Ouch. Goodness gracious. All right. Or somebody left the door open. I was going to say the cat got in. Yes. Oh. I don't know what happened. So that's it for this week. If you're listening to the show on iTunes, please take a moment to leave us a rating and tell us what you think. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Makers Hustle. If you want to ask a question, give feedback, suggest a show topic, or have a suggestion about how we can get more poop jokes into the show, <laughs> contact us through social media or send an email to info at makershustlepodcast.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We really do love having you here. And while this show might be over, the, the hustle, hustle never stops. Never stops. In my bill voice. This show may be over. The hustle never stops. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Thanks, Chris. I still love you, still. Woo!